Big truth this morning. Thanks be to God. He is good. And all the goodies come from him. All of them. If you got goodies, they came from God. Now here's what that means. Every good thing that you have in your life, all of it, it all comes from him. All of it is from him. And if you understand that, if you'll just think about that for a moment, that any experience of good that you have in your life comes from God, that's going to lead you to a response like what we find in Psalm 100. You're going to cry out, give thanks to the Lord. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. God is good. We're in the middle of our psalm series. We've been there as a church since January, and we've broke that psalm series down into kind of little mini-series, and we're right in the middle of a mini-series, what we recognize as Psalms of Thanksgiving. And this specific week, we're going to see how we're led into Thanksgiving, and next week we'll come back and we'll talk about where we're led to in Thanksgiving. And so it's just an exciting time to get together and recognize that God is good to us. He's good to us. Mike gave us a great definition of Thanksgiving last week and in tent church outside. And I mean, we had stuff going on. It's all over the place. Let me make sure you caught it. Thanksgiving is our soul's grateful response to God's goodness in our lives. It is a grateful response to God's goodness in our lives. It is not just a rehearsed, polite response. You know, we're taught to do things culturally because they're polite. You say thank you. Mike talked about this the other day. Whether you're thankful or not, because that's what you do, right? That's not what we're talking about when we talk about Thanksgiving or as we see it here in Psalm 100. Thanksgiving is more than that. It is sincere gratitude. It is our soul's reaction to God's merciful activity in our lives. It's not just being enamored, you know, with the goodies, right, with, with the gift. It is being enamored with the giver. It's being enamored with God. It's, it's, it's a worldview. It's a tone in which we live our life. Thanksgiving is so much more than just saying thank you. And we're going to see that this morning in Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is really simple. It's only five verses, but it's deeply, deeply impacting. It's special. A theologian from long ago wrote this. He said, when the mind is in a truly worshiping frame, Psalm 100 seems to bring heaven down to earth and raise earth to heaven, giving us anticipations of the pure and sublime delights of the noble and general assembly in which saints and angels shall forever celebrate the praises of God. Psalm 100 is entitled, Forgiving Thanks. It's the only psalm with that specific title. We don't really know why it received that title, but we think it is because it is a song that was sung as Israel would go in to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving they would sing it as they approached thanksgiving not just because it in and of itself is thankful although it is 
It is because it teaches us about thanksgiving. It sets our view for what we should be thankful for and how we should express our thanksgiving. So this little bitty psalm, Psalm 100, it's small, it's short, but a good argument can be made that nowhere in Scripture will we be taught more about thanksgiving than in these five verses. So let's dive in, all right? Verse 1, verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is... He is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Here's our big idea this morning. Thanksgiving is a joyful reaction to knowing who God is. It begins with knowing him. See, the psalmist calls everyone, all the people of the world, in verse 1 and 2, to offer thanksgiving. But then in verse 3, as he leads into that thanksgiving, he says, know that the Lord, he is God. See, here's the point. We cannot be thankful for what we do not know. Knowing is a prerequisite to giving thanks. It's a prerequisite. Think of it this way. The most selfish, I'm talking selfish, ungrateful little boogers are babies. I mean, those little munchkins aren't thankful for nothing, right? I mean, let's just be real. We change their diapers, And not to be overly messy about it, but, you know, lots of times they won't even wait till we get a new diaper on them. Ungrateful little boogers, all of them, right? They're ungrateful because they don't know. Let me me give you another example. How many of you, how many of you as parents are now more thankful for your parents? Yeah, see how that changed, right? So when you begin to have a greater understanding of the sacrifice, the investment, you begin to know a little bit more, all of a sudden you're a little bit more thankful. Our thanksgiving is directly connected to our understanding of who God is. If our understanding of God is simple, our thanksgiving will be minimal. The more we know of God, the more thankful we will be. And the more thankful we become, the more we will long to know him more. Do you see the connection? And so what I want us to do, we're going to kind of divide our service in half. We're going to take the next few moments and we're just going to set up ourselves to give thanks by acknowledging who God is. We're going to follow Psalm 100 as God reveals himself. Because for us, to give thanks, for us to live in a a tone of thanksgiving, we need to know some things about God. And we're going to take a moment, and we're just going to pause, and we're going to sing. Right in the middle of service, we're going to sing a song, and we're going to acknowledge that God is good. And that all that is good is directly connected to him. And then we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about 
how we can express that thanksgiving in our lives today. But first, let's, again, let's dive in. Some things we need to know in order to be thankful. First, we need to know that he is God. He is God. The psalmist said in verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. Here are the implications. There is one true God. He is supreme. There is no other. There is no other source of good than him. He and he alone delivers all that is good. He alone is God. That's why James says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him. And listen, we do not just receive these gifts at random. If you have good in your life, it is because God has chosen to give it to you. That's what it means to be God. Things don't happen apart from him. He chose to be good to you. He is God. And so we must realize we only experience creation because of who he is. Next, we know that he is creator. He is creator. Verse 3, it is he who made us, and we are his. He is our maker. We owe our existence to him. He sustains us. Every breath we breathe is an active gift of God that, watch this, this is, this is powerful that comes from the very thought of God. He sustains us, giving us every good gift. He is our maker. We belong to him. We are his sheep. And so we only experience life because of who he is. Next, we must know that he is present this is so cool. Verse 2, come into his presence, enter his gates and his courts. We have access to God. He is accessible. He gives attention to us. Here, let, let me chase this a different way to make sure you understand kind of what's going on. I got David Wallace down here in the front. I'm going to pick on my, my friend David for a moment. David decides he wants to talk to the president. So he drives to Washington, goes to the White House, just lets himself in and begins to head to the Oval Office because he wants to have a talk, sit down in the presence of the president. How far do you think he makes it? <laughs> By the way, that's just the president. God, the creator and sustainer of all life, God has given us access into his presence. Do you understand what a gift that is to be thankful for? That you have access to the one true God? Think about this when you pray for just a moment. You get to pray. And the ridiculous thoughts that bounce around in our mind, he gives attention to that. And don't sit there all spiritual like your thoughts aren't ridiculous. Your thoughts are ridiculous. They're crazy. And the creator and sustainer of all life pays attention to you. That's nuts. That's so wild. You understand how incredible that is? Listen, it gets better. As believers redeemed in Christ, 
we don't have to even approach the presence of God because God has given us the gift of his presence through the indwelling of his spirit that is now living within us. It saturates us. The very presence of God is always near, never far. We don't have to journey to God. God is always with us. You want to talk about something to be thankful for? That is incredible. That's wild. David can't even make it to the president, but the creator and sustainer of all life indwells him. That's incredible. And so we only experience a relationship because of who he is. Not because of our ability to get to him, but because he has made himself known to us and given us access into his presence. Next, we must know that he is good. He is good. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. Listen, he doesn't just do good, he is good. Jesus said, no one is good except God alone in Luke 18. The psalmist summarizes it best in Psalm 119. The psalmist says, God, you are good and you do good. That's pretty simple. We can handle that, right? God, you are good and you do good. Listen, he is only good and he can only do good. It's who he is. We know good only because of who he is. We experience good because of who he is. We must know that God is good. God is forever. He is forever. Verse 5, your love endures forever. He is eternal. God is before anything. Let me say it again. God is before anything was. And he will be forever. He will not leave us. He, he's not going to, it's not going to end. It, That goodness of God will continue forever. I realize, you know, you say things and you realize that that's just not true. I was having a conversation with someone a while back and I said, all good things must come to an end. And I thought of this. I go, oh, that's not really true, is it? The goodness of God, his presence in our life, it will never end. We will experience forever because of who he is it's incredible as the team comes on up to lead us in a song church recognize god is faithful he is faithful verse five his faithfulness his faithfulness to all generations he will not forget you he will not forget me he will not change his mind think about that For all of eternity, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to grow tired of you and cast you aside. If I'm honest, most of my friends, they grow tired of me. God is faithful. He's doing a work in me. He will never leave me. He will not leave us. He will not fail us. God is able to keep us for all of eternity, forever. All the gifts, all the things that we talked about above, who he is, his presence, his goodness, all of it will go on forever. Listen, because he is faithful. He is unchanging and unmovable. Who can separate us from God? Church, 
those of you who are redeemed, listen to what I'm about to tell you. We only experience salvation because of who God is. Who he is. He has redeemed us. Him and his goodness. And if we're going to be thankful, we must pause and meditate and fix our mind to know him. The one true God. I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you to take a moment and just sing a song. And recognize that all of our thanksgiving goes back to the giver. The one who is good and the one who is able to deliver every good thing in our life faithfully. Would you sing with us?
for your presence, for the gift of your son, for your faithfulness. We don't deserve it, and yet you give freely. Forgive us for where we are unfaithful to you. Father, we praise you. We thank you for every good gift you give us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. As we continue, I, I just want to pause and I want to make sure if you're here and there's never been a time in your life where you've repented of your sin and place faith in Jesus, I, I want to make sure you understand something. He is able to save you. The brokenness, the sin, the separation from God, all the things that you could not accomplish on your own. You could not overcome them on your own. He is able to save you. God loved you so much, he sent his only son to pay the penalty for your sin. He paid it with his life on a cross. And he was able to raise back to life, defeating death, paying the price for your sin, and offering for us redemption to be reconciled, to brought back into right standing and right relationship with our creator, the one true God. There is nothing you have done in your life that he is not able to overcome. And so as we continue, I want to challenge you. If that's you and you're sitting here today and you're just wrestling with that, I want you to know that God is able. And that through faith in his son Jesus, repenting of your sin and turning to him, you can be reconciled. You can be redeemed, you can be saved, you can be changed by the love of God. Not because of you, but because of who he is. C.S. Lewis caught the idea and the understanding that this thanksgiving thing we talk about is more than just the act of saying thank you. It's more than just an action. It is, in fact, a worldview, a tone, if you will. And as he thought about that, he began to realize, well, what must the tone be away from the Lord? If thanksgiving is the response of us in his presence, if thanksgiving is living in the spirit, if thanksgiving is the worldview and the tone of the Jesus follower, what about the contrast? He wrote, hell begins with a grumbling mood. Always complaining, always blaming others. But you are still distinct from it, that is the grumbling. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop it. But there may come a day when you can no longer. Then there will be no you. No you left to criticize the mood or even enjoy it but just the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. It is not a question of God sending us to hell. In each of us there is something growing which will be hell unless 
it is corrected. Paul spoke to this. I think I think that's what he means is he's acknowledging in 1 Thessalonians 5:18. Paul says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God." Now listen, in Christ Jesus for you. If we abide in Jesus, if the Spirit indwells us, we will give thanks in all circumstances. The tone and accent of our life will be thanksgiving. As we spend eternity in heaven, we will not live in any moment, in any thought, in any tone, in any accent that is not thanksgiving. It will go on without ceasing. It will be in all things. I love, I love the old quote, grumbling will be the forever accent of hell and gratitude the forever accent of heaven. See, if we understand that thanksgiving is bigger than just an act, in the same way sin isn't just the bad thing that you do, the bad thing that you do tells on the very nature, the very tone of your soul that is at war within you, that is war against God. Likewise, listen, our thanksgiving has an outward expression, but internally, it is life within the Spirit. It is the accent of the presence of God and knowing Him in our life. It will be our forever accent in heaven. But what does that look like today? In our broken world, God hasn't glorified us yet. He hasn't done that. What does it look like to fight for that tone and that worldview of thanksgiving today? I think we see four expressions of thanksgiving here in Psalm 100. I want to walk through them. I also want to just say a little bit, just as is my opinion, I think these are progressive. In other words, I kind of think they build on top of one another a little bit. And you can see that by kind of reading backwards through Psalm 100. The reason I say that is you get this call to worship in the, in, in the first couple of verses for all of creation. And then it builds and almost explains why. If you go the other way, I think you can begin to see a progression of how thanksgiving is expressed. I want us to see these expressions and I hope they challenge us. I hope they give us some application and I hope they spur us on. To live and speak with the accent of thanksgiving. The first one I want you to see, first expression, unquestionable trust. Unquestionable trust. Verse 5, the Lord is good, steadfast, forever, faithful. God is good, steadfast, forever, faithful. Listen, here's what the psalmist is saying. God has been tested in my life and in the lives of creation around us. And in his test, and event over event, one thing has been made known to me and to us. That God is reliable. And so thanks is given to him who has been found wholly reliable. Godly thanksgiving is built on knowing he can be trusted. He is reliable in any circumstance because he is the one true God. He is the one who gives all the goodies. He is good and gives all that is good. 
Thanksgiving, listen, is only as strong as our certainty in God. You understand that? Our tone of thanksgiving, our accent will only be as thick as our certainty in God. It is finding him reliable in our past, in our present, and in our future. Thanksgiving is trusting God's goodness in provision when you have what you want and in need when you're lacking. It is trusting in God's goodness in victory and loss. It is trusting in God's goodness in promotion and demotion, in happiness and lament. It is trusting in God's goodness in acceptance and rejection and in life and in death. If we want to experience thanksgiving, we must first give him our trust. Our thanksgiving will only be as strong as our certainty and trust in him. The second thing that we see is there is a personal acceptance. Verse 5, his steadfast love endures forever. God's investment in us is personal. Listen, it is about you. God is supreme. You do not have one good gift in your life by accident. The air that you just now breathed was a conscious thought and gift from God given specifically to you. The relationships, the revelation of himself, Everything that is good in your life, he thought of you and said, I choose to give it. It was not random. It did not happen by accident. It's not just the way things are. And it certainly didn't come from anywhere else. Every good thing you have in your life comes from him. From your very shape and form, to the air that you breathe, to your existence and life, to the relationships, to our church. It is all a gift from him. He gives it all. His engagement in our lives is personal. We have to accept it as such. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, my, my grandmother, her name was Lena, and uh, I lived with her, she lived with us, or whatever you want to say that. Her bedroom was across the hall from mine from the time I was like a little kid to the time I left for college, and it was like having like a 65-year older sibling. It was awesome. I could dominate her at basketball. And uh, when you, <laughs> I just got a mental picture of that, it was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, um, you learn someone's habits when you, you know, the way they live their life when they're across the hall from you all the time and you spend that much time around someone. And Lena would pray and study her Bible regularly, daily. And one of the things that I began to pick up, she never said anything about it, it was never public. I just began to pick up on this. As Lena would pray, every day she would give thanks 
for bringing Brandon, Jack, and Carson home from the war. Every day. She died around 2009, and every day until then I could still come back from college, or I could come back and visit her or whatever, and she's still thanking God for bringing Brandon, Jack, and Carson home from the war. Now let me give you some context. Brandon is my cousin. He fought in Desert Storm 15 years after the war. Every day, Lena is still thanking God. Jack is my uncle, her son, who fought in Vietnam 30 years after the war had ended. Every day, she thanked God for bringing her son home. Carson is my grandfather and her husband. He fought in World War II 60 years after the war and 15 years after he died. She still thanked God every day for bringing her husband home from the war. Now listen, she didn't do it because there was a need. She didn't do it because she made some kind of deal with God. God, if you do this, I'll thank you every day. It was the personal acceptance that God loves her and is invested in her life. It was like Thanksgiving journaling in her prayer life to acknowledge God cares about me. He loves me. He's invested in me. What I pray, what I long for is important to him because I belong to him. Thanksgiving was an overflow of who God is to her. It was personal. Because God's love and interaction with us is personal. Paul gets this. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Us. If you want to experience thanksgiving, you have to accept his love for you. If you're going to express thanksgiving, you have to accept his love for you. He is trustworthy and found wholly reliable. And he is also found loving. Third one I want you to see, there is political defiance in thanksgiving. Political defiance. Verse 3 the Lord, he is God. We are his. God's rule is revealed. He is king of kings. He trumps all nations and all powers that exist. He is the one true God. There is no identity, no power, no alliance other than him in its ultimate shape or form. Listen, you will not get that in your nationalism. You're not going to get that in the color of your skin. You're not going to get that in your gender. Listen, there is one true God. And your life is lived for him. God's rule is revealed and thanks is given to him who has been found sovereign, in control, 
And from the beginning, Satan's, or Satan has lied to us. He's tried to take credit for God's activity in our lives. He tempts us to think that God's good gifts just happen. They're just random. Or worse yet, that they come from some other place. These are lies. Listen, they are lies because anything apart from God is empty. Because you cannot have what is good apart from Him. If you, listen, want to express thanksgiving, you're going to have to reject the lies around you. It'll look different because the world will tell you, listen, just marry whoever you love because it doesn't matter. It's just, it's good. They're going to tell you, you can identify yourself however you want. It's good. They can tell you, just live for yourself and spend all your money and all your time on you because it's all about you. They can tell you, follow your heart. It's going to be good. Listen, and you're going to have to stand up in the front of the whole world and say, no, it's not. It's not. It's not good because my God is good, and he defines what is good for all of creation. He is the only ruler. He is the king of kings. And he, and he alone, is worthy of my life. And you're going to look at the world around you, and you're going to have to live in defiance of what they say is good. It's what life on Thanksgiving might look like for some of us. Finally, we see there is a global declaration this expression of thanksgiving plays out in a global declaration the psalmist says in verse one all the earth serve the lord all the earth recognize that he is god serve him worship him give your life to him See, God's supremacy is revealed. We have one purpose, one judge. And thanks is given to him who has been found worthy. Thanksgiving cannot be hidden. You can't put it under a bushel. Thanksgiving lights up the room. Church, listen, Thanksgiving will light up the world. It will light up the world. The psalmist says in Psalm 107, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Does this sound familiar? Listen to verse 2. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You want to know what our ultimate response of thanksgiving is? To point to the one we are thankful for. You want a measuring stick for that how thick your accent of thanksgiving really is in your life? How much of your life is on mission to make him known? That'll tell you how you're thankful. Because if we want to express thanksgiving, we will make him known. And the more thankful we are, the more bold we will be because we will know there is one true God. He is good. He is faithful. He is forever. And all the goodies come from him. I'm going to ask the team to come on up and we're going to take a time uh, to sing a song of response. And as we do, I want to give you the church, those of you who have placed saving faith in Jesus, and those of you in the room who have been redeemed to him, I want to give you a challenge.
As we sing this song, I also want you to make it a time of prayer. And this is what I'd like for you to to pray. Lord, reveal more of yourself to me. Help me know you more. That I might live more thankfully. Lord, make yourself known to me more. That I might live in thanksgiving. Overwhelm me, Lord, with who you are. Help me see past the gifts and let me see you, the giver. That the accent of my life might mimic the accent of heaven. That I would live a life of thanksgiving. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus in just a moment, right out these doors, there's a prayer room right here by the elevator. I want to challenge you to stop by and talk to someone. But as we sing this song, I want you to know something. The work of salvation is done by the Lord. He is the one who is able to save. And maybe you've never prayed a day in your life, but today I would challenge you to go before the Lord to acknowledge your sinfulness, acknowledge your brokenness, your separation, acknowledge the gift of his son Jesus, and claim it as your own through faith and trust that our God is good and faithful and can save you. I pray that you make that decision this morning. Church, Would you pray and would you respond and acknowledge our Lord, he is good. And all that is good is found in knowing him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are good. You are worthy of our praise. Father, I pray that you would continue to grow us in our thanksgiving, that we would trust you, that we would accept you and your love, that we would stand up boldly in defiance of lies, and that we would go out armed with your love, armed with your goodness, and make you known into the world. Lord, you are good, you and you alone. In this name of your Son, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.